Today is Sunday, August 29th, if you can believe it. It is the last Sunday of August already. And so let me be the first one to wish each of you a happy new year. Now, if you're thinking this guy's either eight months late or four months early, I think if you're a teacher or a student, you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, for the first, what, like 18 to 20 years of our life, New Year's really happens when we roll from August to September, right? That's when we go from summer to fall. That's when we go from being home to being in school. We, we graduate from kindergartner to first grader or middle schooler to high schooler or high school student to high school graduate. The people that we interact with day by day changes, our schedule changes. That's when the real change comes from August to September. When we go from December to January, you know, it's still winter. We're still going to the same classes. We're still riding the bus with the same kids. The only thing we have to do is remember to put the right year when we put the date on our homework. And so really, for the first, you know, 18 to 20 years, this is New Year's. Then you grow up, you become an adult. And as adults, our lives go through different seasons, and we change what our life is like, just like kids do. The only difference is it's a lot less predictable as an adult, isn't it? We don't always know when those changes are coming. Things come at us, change the way our day-to-day looks, change who we're interacting with, or what our schedules are like, uh, and we don't necessarily see it coming. It's not regular, uh, like in school, where every August to September, we know this is when the change comes. So what I want to do this morning is kind of encourage you with uh, a portion of scripture that has helped me in the past as I've gone through different seasons in my life. Uh, I know uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Rob was speaking, and he was talking about how important it is to have this base of Scripture and understanding, even if you don't have it memorized word for word, understanding key Scriptures, because as you approach different situations in your life, they'll come come to you, and they'll help kind of guide you through those situations. So what I want to do uh, this morning is share uh, a little bit about Psalm 23, uh, which is a a psalm that probably many of you are familiar with. Uh, It's a a pretty popular uh, book in the Bible. Uh, It's something that has helped me a lot uh, as I've transitioned through different stages in my life. And just to give you a little bit of of background before we go there, uh, the 23rd Psalm was written by David, uh, which, you know, he's a pretty famous character in the Bible. He's David of, you know, David and Goliath, David. Uh, But his day-to-day job was a shepherd. So he knew that his responsibility was caring for this flock of sheep, and the sheep relied on him for protection, for provisions, to be guided to where those sheep needed to go. And he understood from the perspective of a shepherd that he knew a lot more than the sheep did about what it was they needed and a lot more about how to meet those needs. Uh, And yet the beginning of the 23rd Psalm starts and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. So what he's doing there is he's saying, just like I know what's best for my sheep and I know best how to take care of the sheep that are entrusted to me, I know that the Lord knows better than I do what I need and he's the one that can take care of my needs. So in that analogy of shepherd to sheep, he, he looks at that picture and he sees himself, even though his job is a shepherd, he identifies with the sheep 
to say, you know, I am like these sheep. Not he identifies as a sheep. That's a different sermon for a different time. He identifies with the sheep to say, just like you depend on me for provision and protection and for guidance, I depend on my heavenly father and he's the one that leads me. So what I want to do this morning, uh, a little bit different uh, than what we normally do, but I would like to read this psalm together out loud. It's not a very long psalm. Uh, We're going to have the charts uh, up on the screen so that we're all reading the same version. One of us isn't saying thou, while the other one's saying you or something like that. Um, But if if you could just indulge me in this for a minute, I'd like us to uh, stand up and uh, read this scripture together because I think it is a good declaration and it's a good thing for each of us to hear coming out of our own mouths Uh, that the Lord is our shepherd, and this is going to be something that I think is going to help us uh, as we go through different transitions in our life. Uh, So let's begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us and that you care for us like a shepherd cares for his sheep. We thank you that you have everything under control, even when the things around us and our circumstances uh, seem like we are losing control, Lord. Thank you that you have us in your hands and that you care for us. I pray that you would be with us through the remainder of this sermon. I pray that the words that I speak would come straight from you and that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you. You guys may be seated. So my story for where, where this chapter uh, really hit home for me. Uh, a few years ago, I was, um, I guess, running as fast as I could, carrying as much burden and responsibility as I could, headed straight for a brick wall with a sign on it that said, burnout. And there were probably warnings along the way that I should have seen. There were probably people in my life that I should have been listening to, uh, warning me about what was ahead, Uh, but I wasn't really looking around. I wasn't really listening. I was kind of carrying it all on my own shoulders and heading heading face first uh, for that brick wall. And so I I hit a time where I eventually just cracked, uh, and and I spoke a little bit about this uh, last summer, so I won't get into a ton of detail about it, but uh, I spent a period of time where um, I worked with my my manager in HR, and I, I wasn't going to work for a while. I just was at home, was resting, trying to recover from, uh, from the effects of, of this burnout. And I spent a lot of time because initially there was this guilt of, I need to be doing something. I need to be out of this bed. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Uh, and so I relied very heavily on the beginning of the 23rd Psalm where it says, he makes me lie down. And I realized at that moment that uh, he probably would have had me lie down and spoken to me a little bit more gently if I had been listening, Uh, but he used whatever the circumstances were to relay that message of, Andy, you need to slow down. This is your time 
to, to lay down and to rest. And so I really focused a lot on the beginning of that chapter. And it's, it's very serene if you picture you know, the, these sheep in a pasture. It says, he makes me lie down. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And in that particular season of my life, like we were talking about you know, a couple of minutes ago as adults, we go through different seasons. In that season of my life, that is exactly what I needed. I needed that time of quiet, that time of restoration, just to kind of recover from some of the choices that I had made along the way where I wasn't taking good care of myself physically or mentally or emotionally. Uh, so, so I kind of got past the guilt there uh, and, and just accepted the fact that, that this was the time that I needed to take uh, to, to kind of regroup and to let God restore my soul. And so a- after, after a, a bit of time from there, uh, you know, I was a little bit more open to, to listening to what the Spirit would have me to say. And I got to a point where God was like, Andy, Andy, it's time to turn the page now. And so one of the things I realized about Psalm 23, in the beginning, it seems so calm and peaceful, but really it is a chapter of action, The beginning, yes, that's where he's restoring my soul. He's leading me by quiet waters. It's a chance to rest. But as you turn the page and that chapter continues, it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, there came a time where I had to make that switch and I had to transition from a season of rest to a season of walking. And I had to say, all right, God, I'm listening. I'm following he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That I thought, okay, good. I, I can deal with that. I can deal with paths of righteousness. That sounds pretty good. And then it goes on to, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. It's, you know, if, if any of you guys are uh, Lord of the Rings fans or Hobbit fans, you know, this is where we, we cross over from the Shire to, right, to our trip to Mordor, where, you know, there's going to be some action here. There's going to be some danger involved uh, sometimes when we're following uh, what our shepherd is asking us to do. But it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And so what I learned there is we need to trust, just like if we're willing to trust that God is going to allow us to rest when it's the right time to rest, we also need to trust that when God asks us to move out and when God asks, to ta- asks us to take a step, he's going to be there to protect us. And so we've, we've got to learn to trust him on both sides of that coin. So in order to do that this morning, what I'd like to offer to you is not a New Year's resolution, because New Year's resolutions are notorious for starting in January and ending in February, Right? So what I'm here to offer you this morning is what I'm calling an all-year resolution. And the all-year resolution is this, trust the shepherd. So that's us right there. We are the sheep, and aren't we cute? So uh, Lee Rogers was here uh, last week, and one of the things he was doing when he spoke was quizzing us on how well we spoke the language of Gen Z. Uh, So uh, Pastor Lee, if you're listening, this sheep is totes adorbs. And for the rest of us, uh, that means totally adorable, or at least that's what I'm told it means. Uh, So here we are. We are the sheep. We are totally adorable, uh, but we are totally dependent on the shepherd. 
And so this, this all-year resolution that I'm offering for you is something that I learned specifically for myself as well, and that is trusting the shepherd. But one of the things that I heard recently, and I thought this was interesting, is um, if you want to achieve results, uh, you don't just, excuse me, you don't just set goals, you also have to build new habits. So what I want to do this morning is I want to offer you three different goals that help us achieve this resolution of trusting the shepherd. But along with those goals, I also want to offer you a habit. And if we can start to form these habits in our lives, it is going to help us learn to trust uh, so that as the seasons of our life change, and as we go through things that we may not have expected or may not have seen coming, we can be secure just like David was. And we can confidently say, the Lord is my shepherd. Even if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil because I know he's with me. So uh, let's put the the first goal up, uh, and that is this. I will trust the shepherd to prompt. And here's the habit uh, that we'll form to trust God to prompt us uh, and direct us. I will humbly listen for when I need to make a change. This is the biggest habit that I didn't have a few years ago when I was, you know, working on my own, pushing as hard as I could to try and do all the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing as a husband and a father and an employee. Um, But it takes humility to admit that the gut reaction of what I think is the right thing to do may not be the right thing to do. And maybe I need to take a step back and listen to what others are saying in, in my life. Listen to what God is saying to me, either in my prayer time, uh, through my Bible study, through other uh, believers that are in my life. Uh, and, if, and if this is something that you want to learn more to do, we have a whole, uh, whole shelf of resources out in the lobby on, on the wall that says, listen, uh, with, with instruction on how to listen to God's voice. But it takes humility to admit that you need to listen and that you may not actually have all the answers And then it takes effort to actually listen to what God has to say uh, when he is speaking to you. But the other thing that I found, if you're willing to have the humility to do this and to make the effort that it takes to listen, is it also takes the burden off because you realize you don't have to be the one that's in control You're handing these burdens over to God, the good shepherd, the one that loves you and cares for you. And it's like this huge weight of release off or release of weight off of your shoulders that you don't need to carry that. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, uh, verse 9, God comforts the people of Israel with this through the prophet Isaiah. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, I think people in this room, we're pretty smart, right? We know what we need to do each day. We know how to do our jobs. Uh, But just like the heavens, the stars are so much higher than the earth below us, what God knows about how things should go and what we need is that much higher than what we know and than what we are able to do. So this is the habit that I'm encouraging. Have the humility, make the effort to, to admit that 
I may not have all the answers, and there are going to be times that my gut reaction is not the final answer, is not the final say in a situation, and have that humility, put in that effort to listen for what it is God's asking us to change. And while that may be scary at first to kind of hand over the controls, know that it is also comforting and relieving to have that burden removed and let the shepherd guide you. Just like, you know, if you, if you look at shepherd and the sheep, um, you know, I'm sure there's times where, where David would have to lead the sheep to a different area of pasture so that they would have uh, food where they can graze. You know, if it was left up to the sheep, you know, you've got a hundred different sheep all trying to figure out which way it is to go. They're not going to know. And just like those sheep rely on the shepherd, we need to learn to rely on our shepherd to prompt us when it's time to move, when it's time to rest, when it's time to say something to someone, when it's time to just keep quiet, you know, let, let the Holy Spirit be the one prompting you in those decisions. And so the, the pieces of the 23rd Psalm that I call at the bottom there as a reminder is, he makes me lie down, he leads me, he restores my soul. So we're the one that has to follow. We have to lie down, we have to walk. Um, but he's the one that is doing the leading, saying when it's time to go, when it's time to stay. And ultimately, he's the one that's doing that restoration. All right, my next goal in this all-year resolution is trust the shepherd to protect. So the habit that we form here is I will courageously let God work within me regardless of what's happening around me. Now, I have to admit, this one was an especially difficult one for me to put together this week. Because this week, and maybe you've had weeks like this too, nothing seemed to go the way I had planned. Um, nothing was you know, the way I wanted things to go. And there was so much temptation to look around me and say, that's got to change, that's got to be fixed, that person is wrong, this person needs to do X, Y, or Z. And what we need to be able to do is have the courage to shut all of that out and just ask ourselves, in the midst of all of this, what is God trying to do within me? I remember during that time uh, of recovery where I was coming through, uh, after that, that first uh, situation of burnout, I was, I was in a, a session with my counselor. Uh, and, and side note, if you ever need to go to counseling, that's nothing to be ashamed of or nothing to be embarrassed of. If we go to doctors for our physical health, uh, we can certainly go to counselors for our mental health. So I was meeting with my counselor. His name was Scott. Uh, and I remembered uh, the one session we had, he asked me, Andy, what is it you're afraid of? I thought, oh, that, that, that's an easy question. I know plenty of answers to that one. And I said, well, here's what I'm afraid might happen. What if this happens? What if, and then what if this happens? And I rattled off a bunch of things. And he's, he thought for a minute and he's like, Andy, do you know what all of those things have in common? And I thought about it and I, I couldn't find any kind of common thread of, of what those things had in common. So I finally just said, what, what Scott, what, what do they have in common? And he said, none of those things are anything you can control. So why are you spending this much emotional energy worrying about something that you have no control over? You can't affect whether or not this person thinks X, Y, or Z, or whether or not this happens. That's all outside of your control. So instead of focusing on everything 
around you that you can't control. Have the courage to focus on the things that you can control. What are my responses going to be when things don't go the way I planned? What are the, what's my response going to be when I'm surprised by something that I didn't see coming? Uh, and so it takes courage to, to just trust that I'll focus on these things and I'm going to let God handle everything else around me. Romans 8.28 says, says it best, I think. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So we're not just trusting in someone who maybe knows better than we do. Maybe he does know better than we do. But maybe he's out to get us. Or maybe he's trying to make it hard. No, in Romans, it says, For those of us who love God... He works all things for good according to his purpose. So we can, again, just like in, when we're talking about trusting, trusting the shepherd to prompt us, we can release that burden of having to be the one, or at least thinking we have to be the one to control things that we have no control over. And we hand that over to God and we believe that he will work all things together for good for those who love him. And it's our job to trust and it's our job to obey and to follow. But we control the things that we can control and we give the rest to God. Because you see, when we try to mess with God's plans, we're probably going to mess it up. If you look at the the Old Testament and you've got the story of uh, Abraham and Sarah and God promises them they're you know, they were well beyond the years where you would normally be able to have children. And God promised them that they would have offspring that would be more than the, the grains of sand uh, on the beach or more than the stars in the sky. And they had no children. But God said, I will give you so many children and descendants. I'll make a great nation out of you. And they waited and they waited. And eventually they thought, you know what? Maybe we need to help God along a little bit. Maybe we need to get this process moving for him. And so uh, Abraham winds up having a child with, instead of with his wife, Sarah, with her uh, servant. And, and he says, maybe this is the child that God promises. And of course, that wasn't what God intended. And it caused all kinds of, of turmoil within that family, all because they didn't trust that God was going to work out the plan that he had established. And they thought, I'm going to help him out a little bit. I'm going to kind of do things my way and adjust this plan to get it moving. So we need to be able to learn from that and realize that God has a plan. He's going to work it out according to his will, according to his plans, according to his timing. And it's not our job to move things along and, and speed up his timing or give him suggestions. Uh, it would be like the sheep telling the shepherd, uh, why don't we try going over here? I think it's better if we go this way. That's not our job, right? Our job is to trust the shepherd, uh, and he knows best. He is going to be the one to protect us. He'll deal with what's going on around us. We focus on what our responses are going to be and what our actions are going to be. And so the part of the 23rd Psalm uh, that I pull out here uh, is, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So if you've seen pictures of a shepherd in those times, they would carry this shepherd's crook, right? The, the long walking stick with the hook on the end. And sometimes that was used 
for protection where if a wolf came or a bear came to try and steal the sheep, the shepherd could use that to fight off the animal and defend the sheep. But there are other times where that staff was used to guide the sheep, right? He had that hook to kind of grab him and say, no, no, you're coming this way. And so what this verse says, where it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We take comfort not just in the fact that God can use that staff to protect us from the things around us, like a shepherd would use to protect, us, protect his sheep from the wolves, but God can also use that to steer us and to pull us when it's time to, to move in a different direction than where we're headed. And so that should be comforting, that rod and that staff, both for protection and for guidance. And then my last goal is trust the shepherd to provide. And what I uh, offer here as our third habit is I will gratefully remember God's goodness in the times that I deserved it the least. There are times where we get frustrated, where things are not going the way we want them to go, and people don't do the things that we wanted them to do, but it's really hard to stay mad and also be grateful at the same time. And so that's why I put in not just remembering God's goodness, but gratefully remembering God's goodness, because he's been good to us time and time again, not just in the the present circumstance that we're in, but think all the way back to, you know, the greatest example of this is salvation. In in Romans uh, 5 verse, chapter 5 verse 8, it says, but God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we can trust a shepherd who provides even when we don't deserve it. While we were still sinners, God sent his son Jesus to die for us. And so we can be grateful for that. And once you're grateful for, for the salvation that he has given us, once you can look back at the blessings that he has given us along the way, it gets harder and harder to stay frustrated about your circumstance because you're focusing on the blessings that he has already given you along the way. The uh, part of, of the 23rd Psalm that I include at the bottom of this slide here, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather used to call these, this passage uh, the hound dogs of heaven. Goodness and mercy following you all the days of my life. I don't know if you guys are dog people, um, but if you've ever had a dog that is just so loyal, they follow you wherever you go. I remember when I was a kid, I had a dog, and um, she was not the kind of dog that would follow me around wherever I went. I tried and get her. I wanted her to sleep in my room at night. I couldn't get her to, to stay in my room. Um, if the gate was left open, she would run out, and we'd, we'd be chasing her, trying to get her to come to us. Uh, my dog now, Cody, uh, he follows me wherever I go. If I'm sitting at my desk he's laying under my desk. If I'm in bed, he's on the floor next to my bed. If our gate is left open, he might wander and sniff around, but he'll always come back to, well, honestly, he'll come back to our door or to the house that he thinks is ours. Uh, More than once, our neighbor had to bring him back and say, he was scratching at our door again. Um, But that's beside the point. Um, Anyway, the hound dogs of heaven are goodness and mercy. And what's so cool here is it says they 
will follow me. A lot of times we feel like, you know, the, the dog that I had as a kid, we have to be pursuing goodness. We have to be the one seeking down mercy, finding it, earning it. We are the ones following. But what this says is, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus puts it this way. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. And that was in the context of, you know, he's talking about not worrying about um, what are we going to eat, what clothes are we going to wear, where are we going to live. He said, don't worry about that. All of that will come in good time. Your job is just seek my kingdom, seek my righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. And so I think that ties in well with with what David was saying here in the 23rd Psalm, that goodness and mercy follow us when we follow the shepherd. So if we get that order right, and if everybody's, you know, standing in the right line, we're following our shepherd. These blessings from God, they follow us so that we don't have to be the one pursuing, chasing down, seeking that goodness and that mercy Uh, those things will follow us when we have things in the right order. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul encourages us with these words. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart's and your minds in Christ Jesus. And if you read it too quick, you've missed the fact that he says, with thanksgiving. But I think that's so important, and that's why I put the word gratefully uh, in here in this habit. When we're praying for things, uh, and, and certainly God wants us to come to him with our requests uh, and you know, pour out our hearts, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I need. Um, but doing that, in an attitude of gratefulness, in an attitude of thankfulness, shapes your whole mindset of how you're viewing your circumstance, how you're viewing what you're asking God to do and what God is already doing. Uh, you know, for, for example, we were talking at, at the beginning of the service about the, um, the media team and the great job that they're doing uh, producing the video so that those of you who are following along at home uh, are able to do that. You can look at this situation one of two ways if you're at home. You can look at it and you can be frustrated that you are stuck at home watching online and you can't be here face-to-face with the people this week that you wanted to come and see on a Sunday morning. Or you can look at it and you can realize we are so blessed to live in a time where even though I can't come and join them in person this week, I can still sing with them and worship with them. I can still hear the word that is brought to them. And and it changes your whole mindset of not, this is not what I pictured, this is not what I wanted, but gratefulness and thankfulness for even though the things around me are not how I planned them to be or not what I wanted them to look like, I can be thankful that God's got that under control. I'm just going to focus on what I need to do inside of me and thank God that this happens at a time and in an area where we've got the technology that we can just stream it and I can be connected through my phone, my computer, my TV 
and it completely shifts your perspective uh, and the way that you, you look at this. And so that's why I say, you know, I, I pull out from Psalm 23, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life when I'm following the shepherd. And I ask that the, uh, the worship team come up now. Uh, and if we have any members of the, the prayer team, if you could come up as well, uh, just to kind of close out the this, this service, uh, if we could put that, that next slide up. So the, the three main habits that we talked about this morning kind of boil down to this. Humble, courageous, and grateful. So if you look at David, uh, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the sermon. David was the one that wrote the 23rd Psalm. David was not perfect, right? He, if you look at the story of his life, he was, there were times he was a murderer, he was an adulterer, uh, and, and yet God still called him a man after my own heart. Not because he was perfect and he had it all put together, but because he was humble, he was courageous, he was grateful, and he chose to follow his shepherd, and he chose to follow God. And so on these chart, on the, the slide that you see, you know, you've got the, the sheep on the left, that's us. Our job is to be humble, courageous, and grateful. And what that does is that allows, that allows us to allow God to do his job. It's his job to prompt, so we are humble when he prompts. It's his job to protect, so we can be courageous because he is protecting us. And it's his job to provide, so we can be grateful because we know that he is going to provide for us. And so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So I I hope you found that, uh, that encouraging this morning. And I hope as as you face different seasons and different changes in your life, just like I have, just like teachers and students are as as they start up another school year, uh, keep keep this this chapter in mind. It's it's not a long chapter. I'd encourage you to maybe even memorize it uh, just so that you can replay it in your head and and talk through it uh, so that you can kind of build on these habits and learn to be humble uh, and courageous and, and courteous. Uh, So what we're going to do now is uh, I'm going to hand it over to the worship team for a couple of minutes, uh, and we're going to close in a song uh, called Yes and Amen. And and really what that gets at is the faithfulness of Jesus and how good he is to us, because it's so much easier for us to trust when we know that we are trusting someone who is trustworthy and someone who is faithful to us. And all the promises that he has made to us are yes and amen, like this song says. So uh, if you could stand, we're going to sing this uh, with the worship team, and then uh, we're going to open up the altars for any uh, who might just need to take some time and, and respond to this message.